Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the 45th episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the luminous and gritty Blood and Moonlight by Aaron Beatty. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book discussions work. We're going to try to fit in all of our thoughts and feelings for Blood and Moonlight in just one hour. If you like this episode, and if you want to support our podcast, just click on the link in the episode description. Now, as we discuss everything about Blood and Moonlight, and I mean everything, here is your one and only... Spoiler, spoiler alert! Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? That's your spoiler, eh? And now, on to the show. Now, the biggest part of this book, of course, is that it is a fantasy murder mystery. We got some murders going around in this town, and we gotta figure out who the murderer is. So, what did you think about the murder mystery in this book? It made me sad. Because people are dying? Well, it was all... Okay, here's the thing about this book. Almost every single woman that was introduced was murdered or severely injured. That's true. That did occur. Like, literally every single, almost every single one, with the exception of, like, the protagonist. Of Katrine. Well, actually, even Julianne got, uh, got wrecked. She died. Yeah. Like, straight up. Like, I think the only other woman that didn't get killed or injured was the Selene woman. What's her face? The cousin. Yes. Uh, a thing. Yes, a thing. And, um, Remy's mom. She did not get Oh, hurt. Mistress LaFontaine. Yeah, I wasn't even going to try to pronounce it, so I'm glad that you did, because you make it sound so much better than any way that I would have. <laughs> and I mean, I feel like with the murder, like the mystery part of it, like there wasn't a lot in me that was like, ooh, who's it going to be? You know? I wanted it, I wanted the murder mystery to be a bit more of an adventure and a lot more questioning and a lot more suspects. I feel like there should have been a lot more suspects in the beginning and then slowly throughout the story we f- we funnel it down. But in the beginning, it was just too broad. Like, it could have been anyone, which is fine because I know, like, you know, serial killer books, they tend to be that because it is supposed to be anyone. But I just wish that the that it could have been scoped a little bit more so that I could be trying to solve it. Yeah, I feel like I just wasn't in it. You know, I wasn't just like... Oh, who's killing all these women, right? Like I, I, I was like, oh, it could be this person, it could be that person, but it wasn't like I was trying to figure it out. I was just kind of going along, following the the road. But I did like how with Katrine and Simon that there was kind of like a Sherlock and um, Watson. Oh, thank you. Yes, Watson dynamic. Because it reminded me of Stalking Jack the Ripper because the two main characters in that book kind of had that dynamic too. Um, And I do like that they kind of collaborated with each other and bounced ideas off each other and kind of went through what was happening and the clues and such together. But I didn't quite understand why Simon was so interested. This is going to sound bad, but so interested in Katrine's opinions. Because I thought that her standpoint 
the fact that she was in the cathedral, that she had knowledge of buildings and architecture and things like that would give her more of a an expertise in mm. this case. Mm. Like maybe she could tell that he made his way out through this building because buildings like these have a secret chimney shaft or something like that. And she would have that knowledge because it's been established that she knows stuff like that. But her knowledge wasn't special enough to warrant Simon to trust so much in her opinions. That's true. Honestly, she just had the knowledge of like a witness. Yeah. She honestly just could have been a witness. Like any person could make the conclusions that she did. There there was no personal factor that needed to go into it because it it was just like the conclusions were just not specific to a person of, of from a position. It wasn't. And honestly, it was just like the Simon just thinks she's pretty. <laughs> Is he attracted to her? Because those, they both were attracted to each other way too soon. From the get-go, yeah, there like, was a... Literally, I'm like, no. You guys are around corpses. Like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> like, there's a different priority going on right now. I'm like, li- like, women are literally dying. True, true. So, I mean, yeah. Also, I was a little confused as to why Simon was so good at, like, thinking like a serial killer. I don't think we truly get an actual explanation for that, apart from, like, his, like, background in messiness. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, that's not enough to say, like, hey, like, I'm really good at, like, predicting his steps. Yeah. I was like, hmm. Because I think the... The basis as the reader that we were supposed to understand for why Simon could do this was because of his father. And that because he had to take care of his father and spend so much time with him that he kind of learned the thinkings of a madman. Therefore, that's how he could kind of take that knowledge into this case. But I don't know. I feel like there's a difference between madness and then a serial killer. Yeah, there's a difference between insanity and just a straight-up psychopath. Yeah, and so I... I didn't feel like that knowledge would actually really help because it, there's a difference between a deterior, deteriorating mind. Goodness, that I'm going to struggle with that word today. I can tell you that straight up. And then a mind who is like playing, like murdering people. The, the, it's different lines of thinking. Yeah, I was almost, it was almost like as, as if it was implied that like Simon's mind was deteriorating and like deteriorating, deteriorating in a way like a where he would react violently. It's like Simon had the same mental inclinations, but that he had one thread of humanity he was holding on to. Yeah, and so that was like the that. difference. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like what like it was like Simon and the serial killer are very, very similar to the point where you're like, is Simon the serial killer? But then you 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 know, as you read the story, you realize it's not Simon because he's holding himself back. And so like you you think like, oh, well there has to be reason for that, but you're never given that reason. Yeah. Or at least it doesn't feel established enough yeah. of a reason. I think also, too, with the murder mystery is that I wish that I felt like I was discovering things a little bit more. Mm. Because in the story, we'd come upon these bodies. And slowly throughout the story, like, the, the killings become more organized and more pointed. And, like, there's locks of hair left behind and different things like that. But it didn't quite feel like a puzzle I had to solve. I feel like I was just more so witnessing everything happening more so than having to think through what was happening. Yeah, Katrine made a lot of realizations passively instead of 
actively being in a situation where she realizes it. Yeah, like she's searching through a bunch of clues and A plus B equals C. And so therefore she figures it out and then we figure it out. Yeah, because oftentimes she would just be like thinking about something or like trying things with her powers, right? In the moonlight. Um, And then she'd be like, oh my gosh, this is this, right? Yeah. And like there was no build up to as to why she figured that out. Like we as readers could see that. But, like, I wanted to see Katrine figure it out. Yes. I wanted the clues to build up on each other, too. Because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see kind of the foundation build. And also, because you mentioned Katrine's powers, like we mentioned earlier about her having a little bit more of, like, an expert standpoint mm-hmm. to give her a basis. I wanted her powers to be that for her. I wanted her to kind of be enlisted because her powers give her literally a direct witness of the murders. Like, she can directly feel and pinpoint the injuries and what happened and so I wanted her to utilize that information and I know that she does with her powers I know that several times throughout the story she puts her hand out into the moonlight and she seeks the moonlight and she kind of wants to try out these new sensory details but I wanted it to be more involved with the story and I kind of wanted her to discover and Simon to discover that she was Selene I say Selene oh but you can pronounce it however you want. I'll probably change pronunciations. I'd like to switch it up yeah. accidentally <laughs> um, a little sooner because then I feel like they could have utilized her abilities more in capturing this killer. I kind of wish that, yeah, like kind of like what you said, where that's where Katrine's exp- expertise would come in, where because of her powers in the moonlight, she would know things that other people just couldn't, you know, because there would be no evidence for it. And so then, then she, like, brings it up because she wants to stop. But people start asking, why do you know that? Yeah, how do you know that? And like, she kind of becomes a suspect, yes. right? Like, I would have loved to see that. Yeah, and maybe she has to go on the run or kind of deflect or, like, do certain things because that would put her in a little bit more of an active position where she still wants to investigate, but she's also under suspicion. Yeah. I also think it would be cool if maybe the killer, a.k.a. Lambert, uh, spoiler alert, but we did a spoiler alert. Yeah, I did a sound effect. Ye have been warned if Lambert maybe discovered she was Selene and could kind of deduce that she was looking in on what he was doing through her powers mm-hmm. and his killings and would maybe use her powers to trick her or something like that, where, again, it's just involving her and her powers a little bit more. Yeah, I almost, I also almost wish that there was just, there were more characters who stayed alive. A, a lot of them <laughs> are killed off. There are a lot of people who die in this book. Because, I mean... Most of the characters are introduced to get killed. Yeah. And then you just kind of have, like, your little group of people who stay alive. And I kind of wish it was, like, spread out a little bit more just so we could see a bit more of the world. Mm. Just so it would feel more like, oh, yeah, we're actually searching for something. It's not just within, like, this tiny little world. Yes. Right? Yes. Because the, the, the setting did feel smaller because we were only with certain characters. Yes. That's a great point because all the characters, too, that we were with, didn't bring in unique viewpoints mm-hmm. because we have Odin, or I think you pronounced it differently. Auden. I oh. said Auden. Auden, Odin, um, and Lambert are brothers, and so they're gonna and they're they're rich, and so they're gonna have that same like it's not like one of them's from the fishing market or know this side of town or something like that, that where they can bring in new information. So the witnesses the witnesses we had didn't have enough information to give. I think, too. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like, Julianne, Lambert, Auden, and Simon are all from technically from the same family. Yeah. And so it was all of them, and then it was just Katrina and, like, her side. And, like, that, those are really the only two people, like, groups of people that we see that don't get murdered. Yeah. 
And so I just wanted there to be more, just like we could have more view of the world and therefore, like you said, get more information. Yeah. I did like, though, with the murder mystery, how kind of, and we'll talk about the ending more later, but how the backdrop, how the backdrop was this, you know, France-inspired town and a cathedral. Because I did feel like it felt very, like, gothic almost. And it did feel like a, a town and a place where these types of murders would happen and where you would have to kind of investigate them and it'd be hard to investigate because you have to go to different people and find different clues and kind of having that medieval journey in a sense. Um, so I did like the setting, how the setting scoped what could happen and what clues could be found. That's true. I will say, though, with her powers, because she, she not only gets powers from Moonlight, she also gets power from, she also kind of like can get power from blood. Yeah. Get information from blood. Did you get that from the the title of the book? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> blood and moonlight. What I didn't understand was the correlation between the two. I think, I think moonlight had to be shining on blood, for her to. But why blood? Right? Like, why can't moonlight shine on anything else, and she can get information from that? Like, what is specific? Like, what connects blood and moonlight that makes her get power from both? Because that was never explained to me. Like, I was waiting for the explanation. Yeah. Because, like, in my head, I was thinking Avatar the Last Airbender. <laughs> okay? Waterbenders get their power from the moon. Okay? And then because blood has water in it, they can control blood. And it's called blood blending. And I was like, that was my line of thinking. Yeah. But we don't ever get that connection. Yeah, that's true. And so I was very, I was very, very confused as to why she had power from blood. And, I, you know, there's probably going to be a sequel. And the author's probably going to go more into that. But, like... In, in this world where the people are separated by the sun and the moon, the people who worship the sun and people who worship the moon, I was very confused as to why blood was introduced. I can see why blood would be a factor in a murder mystery, but I just didn't see how it fit into the setting. Hmm. Yeah, because it's like I could, I feel like I could give kind of like a partial explanation, you know, like the moonlight on the blood, but I don't know a definitive answer Yeah. to that. Hmm. And, you know, I'm that, I'm that annoying nitpicky person that really likes the world to be established. Like, if you've listened to our past episodes, you know I'm really big into world building. And I very much nitpick on that. So that's one of my nitpicky things on this one. But I did, too. For a while in the book, I thought I got, like, a hunchback of Notre Dame thing going on. And so I thought it did have those vibes. It did have those vibes. Yeah. I was like, where's Frollo? And so because I had Hunchback Notre Dame vibes, I actually thought that for a little bit that um, Magister Thomas would be the killer, that she would actually be defending the killer this whole time and, you know, it kind of be like that betrayal because Frollo was the bad guy in the Hunchback. Sorry, spoiler. It's an old movie, though. It's a very old book, too. That's not a spoiler. If you don't know, you're 200 years past, okay? <laughs> that spoiler came 200 years ago. Um, but then... I feel like the Magister was ruled out pretty quickly. And so I feel like I was kind of just suspectless for a little bit. I don't I don't like that in murder mysteries because I want to be thinking of who it could be. I want to kind of have characters that I think are suspicious. But there weren't enough characters who were suspicious. And I actually, I started to think Lambert when he walked Katrine home that one night. I was like, oh, this guy's the killer. <laughs> I'm like, you don't walk someone home if you're not the killer. <laughs> you know? That's kind of where I was like, oh, okay, it's him. 
But in in that meantime, I did just want to suspect. Like, I did want to be led to believe it was someone and then be tricked. I kind of do wish it was Magister Thomas. Yeah. I wish it, it was the him who was a serial killer. And the reason why would be because he al- would also, like, get the sickness, that deteriorating, like, mental illness that, like, makes him prone to violence. Yeah. Right? I would have loved to see that, you know? And the whole thing where you said, like, she's the one defending the serial killer. Right? I w- and then, oh, just, that would have been such a good story. Because I thought, too, with Magister Thomas that, Obviously, he's um, a religious figure, and it's kind of like a priest. He's, he was kind of like priest vibes, and so kind I was of. assuming that he was celibate. And so I was like, these killings were against women and against prostitutes, and so I was like, seems kind of fit for a guy of this position, you know, if he was celibate. And then, anyways, but, so yeah, I did think it was him for a bit, but then, but then it wasn't. Or the other religious guy. I would have liked the other religious yeah, guy. Yeah, the, oh, Pi Altum? Yeah, something that like that, the high altum. Yeah, that guy. I was, I was honestly like, like you said, I was also getting Hunchback of Notre Dame vibes. So I was like, it's gonna be the religious dudes. Where's Phoebus? <sighs> Get him out of here. He's so ugly. He's so ugly. Wait, would Phoebus be Simon? Ew. Because I, because I thought too that with Katrine being a Selene, that that would be Hunchback again because, um, gypsy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and she'd be hunch, the hunchback slash Esmeralda all in one. Oh my yeah. gosh, that would have been so well, good. Because what's the, what's the hunchback's name again? Why Quasimodo. I, oh, Quasimodo was a gypsy in the end. He was revealed because his mother was a gypsy. Yeah. So I thought that's why Katrine would maybe be one too. But. Oh now we also have a little, you know, romance line that happens between Simon and Katrine and every other man in the story except for Magister Thomas. A lot of people did have crushes on her. The one thing that bugged me the most about the romance, and this has been happening a lot in the books that we read, people keep making out next to corpses. Okay, yeah, this has been an odd theme. And if you want, you can tweet us or comment and we'll list out all the books where this happens <laughs> because it's been a theme. Serpent and Dove? Blood and Ash. Yep. From Blood and Ash. And and I think there's a third one. This is the third one. Kingdom of the Wicked, I oh. think, also. Oh, actually, they probably do in Kingdom of the Wicked. Yeah, I think so. And now, from, uh, now Blood and Moonlight yeah. has it. People, they, We probably have other ones, too, actually. Yeah. Like, we'll put a, we'll put a com- comprehensive thing together, maybe. Literally. So, like, at the end of the story, you know, they basically push Lambert off, like, the, from seven feet up, seven stories up. And it gets kind of like... Seven (laughs) feet. They push him. He's like, wow, guys, I broke my leg. (laughs) But he essentially gets impaled, right? Yeah, through the throat. Through Like, it's a pretty gruesome death. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, there's a description of, like, his throat bubbling with blood. Oh. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, Simon and Katrine are up there, and they're just, like, making out. And I'm like... You just discovered a serial killer who's related to the male love interest, okay? True. Who you just, like, tricked into following you, right? True. To his death. True. That was very gruesome, and you think now is the time to make out? It's like a victory kiss, but just bad timing. (laughs) Like, stop making out next to corpses. (laughs) Like, does this have to be said, though? Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I'm so upset about this. <laughs> I hate it so 
much. Like, I thought, like, we were going to be safe from this because, like, their first kiss was, like, up in, like, the sanctum, right, in, like, the really high place, and, like, she's in the moonlight, she feels a lot, and I was like, okay, you know, we're, we're getting somewhere. Like, it's private, it's romantic, it's a, it's an, a unique setting. I mean... There's the moon. The the I mean, in a holy place, like that's questionable. But if that's like, kind of sacrilegious. But we ain't about that here. <laughs> but if that's your kink, like go for it. <laughs> and so I was just like, okay, maybe you know, maybe we won't. I literally, I was like, okay, murder mystery. Like, are we gonna get a makeout by corpse? That's literally what I thought. When oh, you had that fear from the beginning. I did, and oh it came goodness. to pass. You you had an instinct. I did. Well, I mean, is it really that far off with all the books that we've read? That's fair. It has been a common theme. Whenever the female protagonist has powers that have to do with blood, they always make out next to corpses. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, it's just, it's a little gross. It's not a little. It's very disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) With Simon and Katrine's romance, though, I overall like the idea of it. I like that there's these two people who are kind of, you know, they're like detectives and they're partners in crime and... They, they bounce ideas off each other, and they're kind of like each other's tether to humanity. But I felt like I didn't quite feel deeply about their relationship. They had no chemistry. I just, yeah, like I wanted there to be a little bit more passion, a little bit more, a little bit more like almost differences between them so they can squabble and banter, then come back together and have different viewpoints on how someone should investigate a crime like this and you know, what's the right protocol and them having like little arguments over stuff like that where it can just show their personalities. I felt like they were maybe a little too similar. I Yeah, I wanted there to be more like just something more profound or just just for me to feel something more just so like when, you know, the the betrayal comes of Katrine, like keeping secrets from Simon, like I would feel like more about that too. Yes. Like the... Oh, no, like, is he going to love her still? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I wanted to feel that. Like, oh, they love each other. They obviously love each other. But she's keeping secrets from him because she also wants to protect her other loved ones. Like, I love that trope. Yes. And I love watching, like, the scene where that unfolds. Yes. But I didn't get that satisfaction. Because it had the basis for the betrayal and for the hurt and for the drama, but I don't feel like it was quite fulfilled because... I don't feel like Katrine committed too much of a betrayal. Like, it wasn't enough. Or maybe maybe she did, but there just wasn't enough emotions between them to make it seem like she did. Yeah, there, was, there wasn't enough drama or passion between the two of them. Like, if he had s- explicitly said, you know, I hate when people lie to me and I hate when people secret, secrets get people killed. If he had said something like that, and then, you know, it comes out that she had lied to him and kept secrets, then yeah, I'd get a breakup, you know, because that's pretty deep. And he, like, that's a specific fear of his, but nothing like that was said. And so, and he turned on her so quickly, too. He was, like, he was, he totally withdrew. He didn't want anything to do with her anymore. He didn't trust her anymore. I just wanted there to be, I wanted to be hurt. Yeah. I wanted to feel the love and then to feel the hurt mm-hmm. and then feel the the reconciliation. Yes. As they kiss next to a dead body. No. <laughs> no. But with Simon Contrine, too, I mean, there were moments I I did like. I did like how he came to visit her at the sanctum. This was, I think, their second or third greeting to apologize for the tea that he gave her because it was too strong and she got a little sleepy and drowsy. I thought that was at the magister's house. I could be wrong. Oh, because I thought she was putting together a model of the sanctum. 
which is at the magistrate's oh, house. Oh, so maybe it was at I the, think. Oh, my bad. I at could the magistrate's house. And he's looking at her and he's like taking her in and and he calls back on that moment. Like I think stuff like that's super sweet because it gives a super ordinary moment for the protagonist seen through the eyes of their love interest and it's it's really sweet. I think though that with Simon and Katrine that I feel like they were just too um I wanted their investigations to be separate and then ultimately to come back together because I felt like they were too partnery in the beginning because then like, again, there's not really any contention or any, like it's kind of, if she had started her own investigation and her investigation interfered with his and he's like, Oh, you're trying to solve this. You know, like I'm the detective. I the experience here. Then there's kind of like clashes like that. And then they work together. I feel like that would have been a little bit more satisfying, but they worked together from the get go. And I felt like that scenario didn't quite bring up any extraordinary emotions. Yeah. I, I said this before, but they fell for each other way too quickly. Right. It was literally from the get go. That they thought they thought that each other was attractive, and I was like, "But, but that doesn't create the moments between them, right?" I mean, there were cute moments, like the one where he comes to the magic house. Like their first kiss was like pretty cute, right? But it didn't make me feel anything. Like I honestly didn't feel the chemistry between the two of them, and I do think it's because they started off just like right off the bat. True. There was no. There's no build up. No, and you know I'm all about that build-up. You love the build-up. I love it so much. That's why I watch K-dramas. That's true. You love the slow burn. You love the build-up. And in the end, um, too, with the romance, you know, when there's kind of a battle going on. Well, not a battle, but, like, a fight Mm -hmm. when it's life or death. Mm -hmm. I really like when I can feel the romantic love interests are fighting for each other. Mm -hmm. And I know I brought this up in the Spanish Love Deception. Remember Mm -hmm. that movie? Mm -hmm. But, like, with... The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. The way at the end of the first movie that he trapezes across the city to get to her, I love that because, like, you can just feel that he's trying so hard to get to her. And so I wanted that in this book where, because there's literally a killer, Simon could be dead at any moment, Katrine could be dead at any moment. I want to see these two people go as far as they can go, try their hardest to protect each other while also taking care of the threat. That would have been great. But then, but then since there wasn't quite that, then it kind of makes their victory kiss not, it doesn't feel like a prize or an award because they didn't have to really fight for it. They didn't really have to battle to prove anything to each other. Also, they made up by a corpse. I, I can't stress this enough. That's <laughs> so gross. That's not a victory kiss. Like, wait till you're outside. Away from the presence of the yeah, corpse. Yeah, like, climb down the building, go outside, and, and maybe, like, walk 100 feet away. Like, this is also the... Okay, like, Katrine, this is the man who was, like, interested in you and was literally going to do the same to you. Right? Lambert, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. The man that, you know, the, the corpse that you're making out next to, <laughs> like, that man literally would have killed you. True. Like, stop it. Yeah. Go away. Like, just leave the premises. Yeah, just yeah, just go. Exit. Follow the exit signs and leave. Yeah. Go get get to the parking lot and then you can kiss. But get out of the building. Like, wait, like, goddamn. (laughs) 
Now let's talk about the side characters. We have a few in this book, some of which we've already mentioned, but we have Julianne, Remy, Magister Thomas, the Selene, uh, who are um, Katrine's family. So we have Gregor and Athene. People of the moon. People of the moon. Moon people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lunar people. Oh. And we also have Odin. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about the side characters? I was confused by Remy. Because it was like he was an older brother character, but also a love interest. But yes. he kind of like really walked that line in Katrine's mind. <laughs> You're like, pick a side. I was literally like, is he like a brother or is he kind of like a love interest that you can see yourself settling down with? Like, pick one. Is he a brother or a lover? Yeah. Make that distinction. And I was like, I can totally see how she thought that he was the killer in the end. He does. He does have killer vibes. Like a lot of these men do. I think that was kind of like the point, but I was also like, I can't be attracted to a man that I think is going to go on a serial killer run. (laughs) I mean, I get that. It's hard. Yeah. Like with Remy, I was like, like, I understand your place kind of not. No, actually, no, I didn't. I didn't understand his place. Because, I mean, I wish it had just been shown that they were friends and that they were close because it's told to us that they were, that they grew up together, but we don't really get to see any personal instances where you can really feel that they are there for each other and that they comfort and support one another. Really, it's more so like they squabble a lot, but in really short scenes and instances. And so it doesn't really feel like a deep bond, either as a brother or as a love interest. So then it's kind of hard to determine Remy's place in her life. Yeah. Like, I really, I just, I don't know where he was. And... Toward at the end, when we were being made to believe it was Remy, I was like, "It's not Remy. It's not Remy. It's not." But see, Katrine. <sighs> I'll get to this. I'll get to this. This was like my big pet peeve with this book. Oh, my very big. Pet- well, we'll get to that though. But what do you think about the other ones? I really liked Julianne, and I was hmm. I was sad when Julianne died because I felt like. Julianne and Simon had a really sweet relationship, how they kind of helped both of each other, each other with their madness, and that Simon gave Julianne the idea to make little rhymes when she feels like she's spiraling, spiraling. But also, Simon never treated Julianne like she had a problem, like that. He never treated her like other people were treating her, um, making her to feel that she was a problem. And I liked that she could memorize everything and that she knew details and that she could, that she was really smart and intellectual. And I did like that she kind of had like kind of a friendship with Katrine, but you could tell it was kind of by just work association. They were work friends. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when Julianne died, I felt like it was just a little sudden and a little bit uh, not not foreseen. I wish that there kind of been a little bit more build up to it, especially given the point that Julianne and Katrine were kind of getting closer because they were investigating and Katrine was understanding what Julianne was going through and her thoughts and um, kind of her mental state more. And so I just felt like she died too suddenly. That happened with me with some of the other characters too, because what the, 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 the head of the sisterhood lost the, her face. Emily? Emmeline? No. The nun. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, the Lost. Katrine's old caretaker. Yes. Yes. Freak is her name. I'm going to, I don't remember. But her, like, I was expecting her to live just because story-wise, like, she was, like, the inform. she was kind of, like, the source of information for Katrine's past and kind of, like, the connection between Katrine's life in the present and Katrine's, like, birth. Yeah. And so I was honestly expecting her to live longer and for us to not actually be really introduced to the Selene because it kind of just felt like, oh, well, Gregor just could have come in at any moment and told Katrine that. Like, what was what was Katrine's old ter- caretaker's place in the story? Why was she keeping it secret? Well, yeah, like, why was she keeping it secret? Like, why were there all these things? And then she just kind of, it was kind of like she was just there to get killed. Yeah, and the and the weird thing is, is that usually typically in stories and movies, people who have information tell the information, and then they're usually very nearly immediately killed after. That's usually how it goes, because then you have the information that they had all along, but then they're dead, so you kind of get that devastation. And so it was weird that that Katrine's caretaker was killed before she gave her information. Agnes, oh my gosh, Agnes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just kind of like well. What, what other place does she have? Yeah, because if she's not an information giver, I mean, really, she was just kind of a role. Yeah, basically. and But, I mean, like, that role was basically taken by Magister Thomas. Yeah. Because, yeah, and that's true. Why did there need to be two? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I understand if maybe Katrine, like, she does mention an old caretaker, but that now she's with Magister Thomas, and so that's kind of in the past. But Agnes was, of course, very much in the present because she visited her and Agnes clearly had information about her parents. So it was strange to have that. But again, to not have Agnes give the information. Yeah. And so then all the information that we could have gotten from Agnes, we just got from Athena Gregor. Yeah. And so I just I didn't like the the dissemination of the information. And with Athena Gregor, with the Selene as a whole, I... I was a little confused because they, Athena and Gregor made it really apparent that Katrine is very special, mm-hmm. that her abilities are strong and that their, their powers over the years have been deteriorating. And so for her to have such strong powers is a really big deal. And it's kind of like she's this new generation of Selene. But then they let her grow at the end. And they don't really give her a lot of information. And they don't really, like, if she, if, if, I was a Selene, and this girl was super powerful. I I would find it within my interest to keep her close by mm-hmm. and to keep her amongst her people and to integrate her amongst society and to protect her and to also like, keep the next generation strong too. And so I found it very odd with their motivations that they let her go and that they were super kind of like kind of almost casual with her. They really were. And it's, it's like they were family, but not really. And so it's like they didn't really have any bonds and no reason to stay together. And Katrine didn't really want to stay with them. But she used them for a lot of things. Yeah. And so I was just a bit confused that way with those characters. Yeah, I was honestly confused by most of them, by most of the side characters and their place in the story. One that I actually did like was Auden, right? Because he's like the first suspect. And ironically, the most trustworthy person. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. He was super honest. And so it was like you, you first meet him and he's kind of like this jerk character. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's the jerk. Like, he's the villain of the story. But in the end, he 
it's it's not necessarily that he gets a redemption arc, but it's more like we understand why he is the way he is. And it's like he he kind of matured by the end of the story. Yeah, I mean, we also again like this is he has a really sad background, but like for him, like I did like his his story because like we know we like we all knew he wasn't the killer. Yeah, like no killer is that upfront about what he does <laughs> with drugs and prostitutes. Okay, yeah. and so just just to kind of see his character arc, I liked that. Yeah, I did too. I liked how he. He wasn't afraid to, like, he was blunt, like you said, and that he would kind of throw in jabs or be like, oh, yeah, Katrine was totally flirting with Lambert the other day. <laughs> you know, like, he's kind of just, he's just saying things, not really caring about the consequence. Like, he was just kind of that carefree, rich son, I rule the world and I'm not going to stop kind of thing. Like, I have no consequences to my actions. Yeah. And so I thought he was... He was ironically the most trustworthy character, like we said, but also he was probably, I think he was kind of the most entertaining. He was. Because honestly. he was just like, hey, this is who I am. <laughs> I'm not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, be like Odin, but don't be like Odin. Oh, no, no. Like, don't be him. Don't. Also, it made me really upset that Remy went to brothels. Like, it really bugged me. Well, and also I was like, shouldn't we confront this a little bit? Right? Wouldn't his mom be disappointed in him? Right? Yeah. But again, like, I was so confused by Remy's place in the story. <laughs> like, is this incest or is this romance? I feel like that's like, that was like Game of Thrones-esque. Except there was incest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, you know, with the murder mystery, we also have the reveal. What did you think about Lambert being revealed as a serial killer? Like I said before, when Lambert walked Katrine home, I was like, this guy's it. <laughs> <laughs> he is the killer. And there wasn't even a reason at that point to, like, like the, it, that deduction did not make sense. And at that time, I recognized it, but I was like, he is so the killer. <laughs> There's not even a doubt in my mind right now. Literally, the second he was, like, more introduced and, like, the actual dialogue and everything when he actually started talking and it wasn't just like this background character. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, she's totally the killer. <laughs> and when uh the the key key, sorry, cathedral, uh the sanctum fell down and people were hurt and in the rubble and stuff. There was a detail that mentioned how Lambert was helping to pick up the wood off people and how the wood was giving him splinters along his arms. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, mm. he's the killer. And those are fingernail marks because early in the story, Simon mentioned that one of the victims must have clawed at their killer. And I was like, uh, it's Lambert. <laughs> Con- that, that, I was like, confirmed, because there's actually logic to this one. It, it is Lambert. <laughs> Okay, the thing that did bug me about the mystery of the serial killer, the one big thing that bugged me throughout this whole book was that Katrine was so sure about so many things with, like, little to no evidence. Like, first she was like, oh, my, when Julianne died, you know, she was like, I know who the killer is. It's Auden. And I was like, (laughs) bitch, what? (laughs) I was like, based on what the fact that, like, she had hair on her wrist. Do you know who else lives here? Simon Lambert, the father. True. I was yeah. Like, like, why? Like, out of all of them, 
you suspect like what is she had no reasoning behind that because one. odin is actually like the the last person who would kill julianne like he really had no reason to now if it was established that maybe odin hated julianne then sure like well, she could think that but he never really did he didn't hate her he didn't like her yeah but he didn't hate her yeah and so like we we're also i think it was some of the reasoning was that oh well lambert loved julianne so obviously he would never kill her yeah I mean, he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was like, out of all of the people that you're going to suspect out, like, she had no reason. And then, and then it was like, oh, wait, no, Adam's not the killer. And then just, like, out of the blue, she's like, oh, my gosh, Remy fits the, the profile of the killer. It's Remy. And I was like, where is your evidence? What did he do? Was he there? Does he have scratches? Oh, because he has a lock of your hair, which is creepy. Okay. That is, he cut it off while she was sleeping. I was like, okay, I get that this is an issue, but he's not the killer. But you should probably address this later. Like, yes, that's a very creepy thing for him to do. That's also not evidence that he's a serial killer. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't, because one, I feel like one of the themes throughout the story, or one of the jokes between Simon and Katrine, is that Simon always said, you have to have evidence. Like, ooh, that's a good thought. That's a conclusion. But unless you have evidence, no one will believe you. She literally didn't. And, like, the thing, as a reader, you know, I was, like, a little bit confused. I was, like, okay, so is it Auden? Because, like, she was so sure. So I was, like, okay, so is it? Even though you have no evidence? And it wasn't. And, and like, just the reveal just, like, had less impact because she was so sure. Because, I mean, she could have just been, like, oh, this fits Remy. He could be, right? That was the missing word. Could. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't. Oh, the killer is Remy. The the, rem, the killer could be Remy. Yeah, it could be. And so I have to investigate to see if that's right or wrong. Yeah. I think for me, too, that there were too many misdirections oh, yes. toward the end of the book and that the misdirections went for too long. Because I feel like each misdirection with uh, Auden and Remy, I feel like they'd go on for like 20 or 40 pages. And so that's quite a bit of time in a book to commit to a suspect. So then it's like, okay, well, I guess we're going with Remy because it's been quite a bit of time and it hasn't been disputed. But then, oh, it's changed to another character. And so I felt like they went on too long and that there were too many different killers at the end. And I was like, but it's but it's Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's him. He walked her home and he had creepy vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the thing is that also, that also bugged me. This is going back to our Twilight discussion. Oh! <gasps> Oh my goodness, that's far back, guys. You guys know, that was like two years ago. <laughs> I still remember so much of it. Is that Katrine used her feminine wiles to get what she wanted? Yes, yeah, true. From Lambert? And he's the killer, so it's like, I can't feel too bad. No. But can I tell you how much I hate that? Like, Bella did it for, with Jacob. True. I told, I think I went on a small rant about it in our Twilight discussion. You did, you did. It bugs me so bad. Like, why not just ask him? Why do Why do you have to be all, like, seductive and be like, oh, I'm going to kiss you on the cheek, even though, like, I'm tech- you see me technically with Simon, but also Remy's kind of, like, in it, even though he's kind of like a brother. is again, incest. <laughs> like, I was just like, what? He's in the investigation. He's supposedly a trusted person. Why don't you just ask him? Yeah, and, and it's not like he wouldn't give you the information if you asked him. It's not yeah. like you were, it's not like she asked him and then said, oh, he's not giving me the information, so I'll try this. No. Yeah. She just immediately went for, oh, he likes me, then I'm going to use that to my advantage. Yeah. 
which is just, it's not necessary. And the thing, this is the difference for me though, is that if Katrine from the get-go is kind of like a flirtatious person naturally, then this wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be an issue. But the fact that she's actually very much not a flirtatious person, actually her and Simon are kind of awkward that way. And I think they're supposed to be in that they're not like it's first love. They don't really know how to do any of this. And so for her to kind of turn on these wiles, I just felt like it was out of character for her too. Now with the ending of the book, Lambert is dead. The murders are done. But all is not well for Katrine. No. She's essentially kicked out of town by Lambert's father because Lambert's father claims that seeing her basically reminds him of Lambert and he thinks that she, Katrine, seduced Lambert and made him kind of do what he did. And then Simon is also, he also needs to run away because he's under suspicion as well. Well, yeah, because Lambert and Auden's father doesn't want, the, their whole, the whole thing with their family is that their father doesn't want to tarnish their reputation because he's kind of like a high-ranking official in this town. And so when it's discovered that Lambert is the killer, you know, not a lot of people know about that. And so the, their father kind of keeps it hush-hush, right? And the suspicion is still on Simon because throughout the story, like, people suspect Simon because of Julianne's death, yes. right? Um, so then Katrine has to, so in, in, I think they like made a deal, right? At the Katrine end. with the dad. Yeah. That if she left town, something would happen. Oh, like Magister Thomas would be. Oh yeah. Secured. Released. Yeah. All these things. Right. Even though like there's still suspicion of like, oh, they're out. Like this serial killer still like out there. Right. Mm. What did you think about the ending? Well, <laughs> I didn't love it, honestly, because, well, I mean, we discover all these things about, you know, Lambert's family and, like, why he is the way he is. Like, their father murdered his mother. Yeah. Because she went insane. And, like, Julianne was afraid that she was that was going to happen to her. And it kind of did. Yeah. And, like, Auden was, like, super messed up because of all this because his mother hated him. Just a lot of sadness going on. But then there was also a, a little plug of incest between Lambert and his mom. Oh my gosh. Oh, I forgot about Oh, icky. Icky. (laughs) No. We're not doing Oedipus here. (laughs) But it's just like, it's like what you said, like, why is she leaving? You know? The Selene, like, kind of need her at this point. You know, she has this whole life there, and I like, I kind of, like, oh, there's a high-ranking official, blah, blah, blah. But also, why are you running away with Simon? You barely know him. And he could still be the killer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, with the ending, I felt like I felt like Katrine could have fought back against Lambert's father and have been like, hey, I'm not going to run out of town. If you try to run me out of town, I'll tell everyone that Lambert was the actual killer because I'm not going to leave my family, the Magister and Remy and Margaret, and I'm not going to leave the Selene either. Like, I felt like she had more cards to play. I don't feel like she was as backed into a corner as it seemed like she was. And so for her to be run out, I was like, okay, I get it, you know, for sequel purposes. But it just, I felt like Lambert's father's reasoning, too, was a little not strong enough to warrant running her out of town. Well, I can kind of see it because they didn't want to, 
their reputation to be tarnished. That's why he kept his daughter a secret. That's why he killed his wife. So, like, I can kind of see it, but I was just like, meh, well. But I also, it didn't make sense to me that Katrine left because Marguerite, right? Like, she was almost killed by Lambert. Yeah. Like, that was one part of the mystery where I was like, oh, okay, like, we're getting somewhere because he used Marguerite's hair as, you know, kind of like a calling sign. Yeah, or like a warning or... Something like that, right? And I was like, oh, someone close to her, you know, she almost died and, like... They had a whole thing where, like, she had really long hair, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I like, I like the way that was used, right? But, like, her only friend was nearly killed and is still recovering, and she's just going to leave? Yeah, and and their goodbyes just didn't seem very deep or personal either. They were just kind of like, okay, peace. See you on the other side. Like, maybe you can come back when Lambert's father dies. <laughs> yeah, um... As for Simon, I don't mind that Katrina and Simon are kind of running out of town together. I, I never do. mind, like, a little runaway angle. I do, if they don't have any chemistry. And if they kiss next to... Oh, corpses. my gosh! <laughs> it makes you so angry every time. Stop it! <laughs> but also with this with this ending, too, it just makes me wonder about Katrina's future with the Selene. Because it's not like she makes plans with Athene or Gregor to meet with another group of Selene in another city or another country or anything like that. Where, again, it, she is this new strong generation of Selene. I feel like that leaves the Selene plotline too open-ended. And it just doesn't seem important to the Selene or to Katrine. So that I was a little unsure about, too. Yeah. I just, it wasn't a satisfying ending. In terms of, like, a sequel, I think you said something along the lines of, oh, another serial killer comes up. Yeah, I think if there was a sequel, that there would be a new murderer in a new town. New town, new people, new kills. See, I would have preferred that it had been, like, oh, a, a disease of the mind. You know, and so it like it makes sense that another person would be infected mm. instead of just like, oh, Lambert has like severe mommy issues. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because it's like like so they're going to go to another town and there's going to be another serial killer for like uh, these reasons for like completely different reasons that are not correlated. And it's like she's probably going to come into more of her powers. But like, again, like. How do how do blood and moonlight correlate? <laughs> What's the sequel title gonna be? Yeah, sin and sunlight. Oh, that'd be a good one. Oh, thank you. That would be like that's giving me Hunchback of Notre Dame vibes. I think if there was a sequel to that, I think there would be new murderer. But I think in the sequel, there has to be more pressure on involving the Selene. So I think the murderer would murder explicitly Selene people. That way, Katrine has to use her powers more, and there's a little bit more of a countdown because it's personal. It's her people. Oh, it's time for the scary sound. Scary sound time. I kind of feel bad doing that for a murder mystery, but it also fits. (laughs) Like, if there was ever a time, it fits. We are now going to be playing How Would You Survive? We have four minutes to pose four survival scenarios that pertain to blood and moonlight. Question one is, if one of your loved ones could be potentially seen as guilty in a crime, what would you do to deflect suspicion and prove their innocence? That would completely depend on the loved one. (laughs) Okay. 
If it's like a cousin, I don't care. <laughs> you can, you, like, if you're guilty, like, go do your time. <laughs> Justice. If it was like you, then I'd be an accomplice. You'd be like, uh, I'd, I'd have you go to jail. <laughs> I know, I'd be an accomplice. Like, if you were like, Kami, I just killed someone, I'd be like, I know exactly where we're hiding the body, right? And just deflect suspicion, you know what I would do? I would, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't leave clues. I'm really bad at that. I think for me, I'd either deflect the suspicion onto myself oh. and then prove myself clear. Or in a fantasy sense, I would not do this in real life. I would manufacture evidence. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And blame it on someone you don't like. Yeah. Your enemy. If yeah. it was you, I'd blame it on your enemy. Yeah. Someone who c- could never have an alibi. Yeah. Because I kidnapped them. <laughs> because they're in my basement and I waited this whole time for this. Were you, were you between the hours of 8 and 12? I don't know. Exactly. They're the killer. <laughs> they were actually in my basement. <laughs> now, if you wanted to catch a murderer, what would be your course of action? I feel like this is a tried and true strategy. Mm-hmm. You got to bait the killer. Oh, yeah. You know, like in this story, the targets are typically prostitutes. I would dress up as a prostitute. I'd go meandering around at night, but I'd have a huge sword in my fucking dress. So if anyone came at me, I am freaking pulling that thing out and I am, I'm taking care of the killer. Yeah. Honestly, like this isn't a powered man. Like he, this, this is a man who doesn't have powers. You know what I'm getting? I'm getting a bunch of spies all around, like in the corners and the nooks of the building. I'm getting them with like crossbows. (laughs) At the sniper, ready. medieval snipers. Yes. <laughs> like, there could have been, I feel like Simon totally could have used bait and they could have caught him like way quicker. Yeah. But I mean, like, Lambert was like involved, so it's like, oh, maybe not. And it's hard to ask someone to be bait. <laughs> like, hey, will you dress up as a prostitute and potentially be injured or killed? Just for fun. It has nothing to do with like the murderer going yeah. around town. Just like, it's like Halloween. <laughs> it's like, whoa, have a party. Now, for the third question, if you were being targeted in a series of murders, what would you do? Honestly, I'd just die. I'm really bad at, like, avoiding people. <laughs> I run into every high school person I know at, at the grocery store. Oh, my gosh. I literally do. It's super annoying. I could not outrun a killer. I will say, I okay, no, actually, I am pretty good at hiding. Because as a child, I would sneak into people's rooms, and by people, I mean my family's rooms, <laughs> and I would hide in a, in a place in the room and see how long it took them to notice that I was there, and they never did. <laughs> like, I literally would go into my dad's closet, and I would hide behind his pants that he had hung up, and I'd literally sit there for hours, literally hours, just to see if, like, he would notice me, and he would come inside the closet, and, like, I would just, like, try to, like, Control my breath and everything. He never noticed I was there, so I'd probably go hide. Is it sad or effective? <laughs> Both. For me, if a if a killer was targeting me, I would just move. <laughs> but he'd follow you. No, he can't find me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm laying the opposite trail. You think I'm going to Bliss Place? Well, it turns out I'm actually going to the top of a oh volcano. Gosh, you're Dwight. I'm Dwight. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the perfect crime. The Tiffany's. Per- <laughs> And I'm packing up all my belongings. I'm taking my family and I'm going. I needed a vacation anyway. I hate this place. What are you going to do? Target another person? Okay. 
it's I'm not gone. me. Yeah. <laughs> like if they if the killer chased after me, I'd be like, you're desperate <laughs> and cleany. <laughs> like get a life. <laughs> Your life doesn't have to revolve around me. Even though everything else does. You need to sort out who you are. <laughs> it's not me, it's you. <laughs> now for the last question. If you were going 1v1 near the top of the cathedral with a murderous madman, how would you fight to survive? I would throw everything I could. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. And I'd juke him out. I'd be like, oh, you think I'm going right? Left! And then <laughs> then they trip and fall. The one thing that did bug me about that scene was um, Katrine has, like, mad Spider-Man climbing skills, apparently. Yeah. Okay, use that. Yeah. You know, you're in a construction site. Like, you could, like, go and move to somewhere where you have, I don't know, a brick? You could hit him with a paint can. Paint can. Brick. Nails. Yep. A huge beam. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, knock it down. You know which ones are necessary and load-bearing. You know which ones are not. Yeah. Like, she had so many options. And I was like, you are, this is, like, your turf. Like, you had the advantage. True. I have the high ground, Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Also, Lambert is quiet, and he seems like he's not very physically fit. Okay? Like, he could have been defeated fairly easily. What's the thing in Vine where it's like, do it for the Vine? Oh, I'd be like, Lambert, jump off the building. Do it for the Vine. (laughs) Do it for for the the Vine. vine. And then he'd have to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He has no choice. Yeah. That's that's godly law. Mm -hmm. Do it for the Vine. Yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth discussion about Blood and Moonlight by Aaron Beatty. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh happens.